We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. Welcome in. Welcome in. It is Tuesday morning, the 1st of November. We're in Thanksgiving month. Uh, We are in prime football season. October's over. A little bit sad, but Scott, not sad you're back with us. Uh, Shout out to Eric for covering yesterday, but welcome back from London, buddy. Yeah, Eric doing that. uh, We were on opposite sides of the world, so we were probably up about the same time. I think I was up about 1.30 Eastern time coming home from London yesterday. So long day. Uh, Got home about 9 o'clock my time in East Coast last night. And had a blast. So hopefully, uh, you know, we, we met a lot of people. I'd introduce myself and be like, oh, we know Mile High Huddle. Um, and uh, I'm like, well, we follow you on Twitter. I'm like, well, great. Hopefully, if you're watching, thanks for talking with me. Had a good time. And uh, Broncos got a good win. Got a win they needed. It started off kind of rough. It was starting awesome. off like, good Lord, this thing is over. Um, and then it then it got better. Then it got better in a hurry. That's why you play four quarters, right? That is why you play four quarters, and that's actually the first thing I want to talk about. So being live at the game, you can kind of get a different perspective than on the TV. Uh, When the Broncos had the Jags driving there, uh, Broncos committing stupid penalties, getting the Jags down there right before the Justin Simmons interception, I tweeted out, uh, this is lay down and die or... Uh, you know, dig deep within and kind of save the potential of the season, save Hackett's career uh, moment. Broncos get that interception. Great interception by Justin Simmons. What, what a great a play. play. God, man. What a play from Justin Simmons. My goodness. We talk about leadership a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, you're one of the highest paid guys. Uh, you're a captain of this team. Step up and do something. Um, unfortunately, the offense still couldn't really do a whole lot at that point in the game either. At that point. But the defense, like they've been doing all year, kept you in the game. Absolutely. But uh, I was curious about the, given that you were there, any reading on the body language and the energy uh, from the team prior to that interception and then afterwards, because it really felt like that moment galvanized the team. And I mean, I know the Broncos are sitting there at three and five. I just saw a tweet from uh, Pro Football Focus where it had the potential playoff chances of each team in the AFC. Broncos didn't even make the cut to be listed in those teams. (laughs) Um, So... But the Raiders did make that make sense. But uh, the Broncos now three and five, uh, three, I would say winnable games coming up here. Uh, Energy changes. Is is there anything I should be putting in that? Or am I making way too much about this game against the lowly Jaguars? Um, For me, the energy changed when unfortunately for him, Lloyd Cushenberry went down. Mm -hmm. Um, It was, it was that simple. Um, You know, you're, you're backed up on the two yard line. Uh, Graham Glasgow's in its center. And you go 98 yards, you know, pretty quickly. Energy change right there. The game was different. Um, you know, I didn't want to offend the uh, offend the, the the injury gods out there. Um, but Ethan, the DWI guys who's sitting with me, and we kind of said, you know, this might be a blessing in disguise. It might be the only way to get Cushenberry out of the lineup. Yeah. Um, but, you know, and, and I really started focusing because I've been making, I've been calling for this since middle of last year and definitely since the preseason when I saw yeah. Glasgow play center it's like okay he's pretty good um you know or at least better so I started really started watching the center of the field and just the point of attack I'm like all right you know first couple plays he's getting a push and holding his ground I'm like well that's a that's a that's an improvement right there so mm-hmm. can the offense kick on from here uh you know phrase we heard in uh we, we heard in London can they can they kick on from here it's a start. 
uh, it's absolutely a start uh, for sure. It is definitely a start, and the Broncos got a little bit better, seemingly with their security, uh, with Glasgow going there to the center position. In Broncos country, if you're like me, you're increasingly getting more concerned about cybercrime with people stealing your private data and invading your privacy. I'm not all that tech savvy, but that's why I use NordVPN on all my browsers, whether it's the desktop, tablet, laptop, or phone. VPN stands for Virtual Private Network, and NordVPN protects you as a one-stop shop for all things cybersecurity. It's incredibly easy to use, which means I don't have to be an MIT graduate to figure it out. With just one click, I'm protected. It's very intuitive to use. With my NordVPN account, I can have up to six devices protected. I no longer have to worry about hackers, malicious sites, and pop-ups. For the price of a single cup of coffee per month, I have complete peace of mind knowing that my devices and data are all protected. Plus, with NordVPN, I never have to be a slave to the media blackouts. I can switch my virtual location to a market that is showing the NFL game I want to watch so I don't miss out on any of the action that I am most interested in. Broncos Country, grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com forward slash MHH to get a huge discount off your NordVPN plan plus four months for free. It's completely risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. Again, that's nordvpn.com forward slash MHH to get four months for free. I appreciate that, Nick. Um, Shiloh comes and he says, Morning, fellas, what's the line to keep and trade Chubb? I, I think... As far as the line goes, um, if we're setting odds, I think you're much more likely to keep than trade at this point. Um, being that he's a pending free agent would be super expensive, has a, uh, it would cost you a lot to re-sign him, but I mean super expensive. Got a little bit of an injury history. Um, it's going to cost you a first and then a multi-year deal worth three years, 60 guaranteed. Uh, I think it's going to be tough. It, it would be tough for someone to meet the asking price of the Denver Broncos right now. It's just complicated because there's multiple hoops to jump through where a lot of times we saw last year with like the Von Miller trade, it's just the trade. And obviously the Broncos did ask him where he wanted to go and he picked a team. Um, so they gave him some options, a little bit of leeway there, but with Bradley Chubb, it's not only the trade, it's the contract extension and negotiation in the small window between the agent and the team that has the good enough trade package uh, to get it done. So I think that it's right now probably 60-40, Chubb kept versus Chubb traded. Uh, just, you know, gun in my head kept uh, being the higher odds right now. It I'm does going 90-10 like on it. I don't think he's going anywhere. I think there's still a chance. I know the Broncos have been shopping him. Uh, Vikings are a team that have been very interested. I think the Giants have called as well. And then also you have both New York teams uh, that have been in on him as well. Giants, uh, Vikings. God, I feel like there's another team. Um, Jets oh, and the Dolphins, um, another team that the Falcons are getting talked down here in Atlanta about as yeah. a team because you know they are edge. I wouldn't say Desperate. edge poor at this point. They they improved both they sides, um, but they got a you know they got a high round pick at one edge and then a, a journeyman at the other. They they need another edge. It's a priority yeah. position for them. But you know they're it just it, unless you're going to get him for a, a definite five year contract, then. You're not going to send them a first. You're not going to send the Broncos a first round pick again. It'd be really expensive. You know, if if you're a team that's an edge away from a Super Bowl, then it's it's worth the risk. I'll send you a second and third for Von Miller because we're going to go win the damn Super Bowl this year. Yeah. Um. So what's the line? Man, I think it's nine to one. I, I think it's ninety mm-hmm. percent. He stays Shiloh. So we will see. Uh, XOXO, Mister X, Doctor Science. Uh, noticing the big bags under my eyes, made comment about those. Yeah, they're there kind of anyway. They give away my age a little bit more. But uh, 20 hour travel day yesterday, um, a little tired. <laughs> Wasn't that bad. Flying west is easy. You, you're getting that time back. Flying east sucks. Uh, I took a nap when I got to London and I set my alarm for two and a half hours and getting up was one of the hardest things literally I've ever done in my life to not sleep through the day because then you're up all night and you're all screwed up. Um, Flying East sucks. Flying West is is pretty easy. But any trade talks, lots of trade talks. Um, And, uh, you know, Holy Diver asks, is there a surprise surprise trade today? I always always bristle at that question a little bit. I'm like, you know, probably, but if we knew it, it wouldn't be a surprise. Um, And he's, uh, you know, could Sutton be a surprise guy to go out? I don't think so. You know, yeah. his production's been bad, but I, I think I don't think he's going anywhere. It would make sense. He's got yeah. value. He's got a nice contract, but you're really throwing in the towel. If you if you trade a guy that should be a core piece of your team for the next several years, rather than trading a guy who could be gone in four months anyway, 
that's a really bad sign to a team. I, I, I don't I don't think it would be Sutton. Uh, Okawebanam, if you can get something for him, you take it. Uh, whatever it is, you know, Nick would. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Would upgrading... From like a seventh to a six be enough? I mean, you don't want him anyway. You know, I'm going to send you Okawebanam and a seventh. You're going to send me a sixth. Do you That's think they do something like that? Uh, the Broncos, they'd yeah. be happy to do that. But I also think that it would probably have to be like the 2025 draft because um, you're talking about that <laughs> far down the line with those kind of picks. So, yeah, we'll send you a 2025 six uh, for Okawebanam and a 2025 seven. Uh, so, unfortunately and james hyatt stands too early for the playoff talk with me it's just jacksonville it was just jacksonville but two and six you are dead 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 three and five you have a five percent chance a ten percent chance uh, especially with how there's just a massive glut of teams right now that are sitting there at uh five and three four, four and four. four leading divisions yes i mean e- even in the afc i mean mm-hmm. you talk about you are one flipped game away from being right in the playoff picture uh so you drop games you couldn't drop schedule gets tougher, but maybe your offense picks it up a little bit here and you have a bye week. Um, I'm really happy about the way the schedule sits up here for the Broncos uh, for this upcoming game. Cause the Titans are sitting there at six and two going to Nashville is going to be tough, especially with how the Broncos run defense has started to look a little bit scary uh, here recently, but you have the bye week. And also next week, the Titans are playing at Arrowhead on Sunday night football. So that's a team that maybe they're not going to be beat up, but they might be a little bit winded uh, going against the chiefs there. Maybe a little bit of a, okay, we lost against chiefs. That's fine. Now we got the Broncos coming to town. Broncos got a bye week. They got a chance to maybe make some noise there. So we'll see. And, and James, one of the reasons we talk playoffs right now is if you're not in the playoff hunt at all, it's trade deadline day. So Mm -hmm. that's really more about it. It's like, okay, could this be not necessarily, Hey, how do we make the playoffs? It's can you, is there a shot? If you're definitely out, you're, you're a seller. Then you're a seller. Um, if you've got a little bit of a chance, my price goes up. You know, we talk about Bradley Chubb as being one of your, your best assets, Jerry Judy, you know, there was a report coming in the giants say the price was too high. Well, on October 31st, it might've been too high as you negotiate and trade deadline approaches at four o'clock Eastern today, the prices might come more in the middle and Jerry Judy could be gone. I would think Judy is more of a chance to go Nick than, uh, than Bradley Chubb right now. Um, just, but, but we'll see. Um, the contract makes sense. That, yeah. That's what you can say. Having the cost control makes sense. I just think they might be ready to make a move, Nick. I think that Judy's deal and value is not going anywhere, uh, for the Broncos. If anything, it's low right now. You're betting that this offense, they're not going to be as, they can't be as bad as they've been. I keep saying that for years, but they can't be as bad as they've been. You expect the offense to get a little bit better here in the second half. And uh, I would imagine because of all the years of control left with Judy, you might be selling low right now where if you're still interested in trading him because of scheme fit or culture fit or whatever in the off season, uh, you might be able to get more value from him later than you are right now, because you're not up against that, that wall of a free agency coming up for him. So I think Hamler and Judy, they're going to hold on to unless somebody blows them away, because I think they are betting that their value will go up with more playing time going forward, where players like Okoyevanam, he's, he might be released if he's not traded. I mean, I got right. to feel, get right. that That's sense. You might, you might trade just to get an upgrade of, a pick just that position to, to get yeah. something yep. out of it. You might release him otherwise, literally. Yep. Uh, Clayton yep. coming in with some stars. Appreciate it, Clayton. Welcome in. It's good to see it. It feels like it's been a while. 
He says, I know it's trade deadline today. I would keep Chubb and Judy. When Gregory gets healthy, those two are going to be great. And with our offense, we finally start clicking. Thoughts? The finally start clicking, it might be too late for a guy with just a few months left on his contract. That's the problem. Um, that's that's the big question on that. And Cristiano kind of followed yours, your question up, Clayton, right there at the exa- almost on the exact same time on a different platform on YouTube. He says, Scott, do you feel the Broncos expect to extend Chubb? If they don't, don't see much sense in rejecting a first-round pick offer. Well, exactly. Exactly. You're at, at this point in time right now, at three and five, I, I think I think Bradley Chubb, if he doesn't get an offer that's going to blow him away, which right now would basically just come in the form of a trade or another team, which is risky, it would have to come from within from the Denver Broncos. So I said all the last couple of weeks – You've been on the phone with Bradley Chubb's agent for several weeks, if not months, trying to gauge a feel and your likelihood of being able to re-sign him. You may even have a deal in place. Uh, you know, at least, a, you know, you may have a deal in place already. It's just not public or whatnot. I, I don't, I get the feeling he's going to want to test the free agent market as an edge. I mean, you, we, we saw what happened with some of these guys last year, Nick, especially at the wide receiver position. Edge is a premium position. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you test the market unless with his injury history, you get $100 million guaranteed from the Denver Broncos on a seven-year deal? Yeah, I mean, he probably will test the market. Um, mm-hmm. But you never know. I mean, we've said the same thing about Tim Patrick and Cortland Sutton, and they took the money and ran. There's something to be said. Let's say the Broncos put that deal in front of him right now. That's money that there's no guarantee it'll be there come the offseason because you are one play away from your life being different. So, uh if they put that money in front of him right now, there's a chance I think that they could work something out, but uh, we'll see. And achy dragon. I don't even want to read it. No, no injuries. We've had enough this season, <laughs> but as Christiana says, when you start talking that number, the price won't be much different. Yeah. If he's getting $20 million, um, you know, getting offers, then you absolutely tag him and you say, okay, you're going to spend that much anyway. Yep. And we'll send me a pick. If you want him, you you can have him at your five years, 75 guaranteed at 22 million a season for the first, you know, two, three years, however the math works out. Um, but now it's going to cost you a second round pick to do it. Otherwise, we're going to tag him. We're going to hold on to him for another year and he's going to threaten not to play and it'll get ugly and then it'll eventually get worked out. That's how the negotiations go. Um, and that's what I've been saying from the beginning with Chubb. I know that tag yeah. is expensive, but he's going to get something close to that on the market because he's young. He has the draft pedigree, pedigree. He has the production. His tape is good when he's healthy. And that's just how it is. It's not necessarily who's the best player. It's the next one in line to get paid. So uh, you have that in your back pocket. The big thing here with the tag is that I think the Broncos would love to have that tag in their back pocket for Draymond Jones. Uh, that's the one right now that it's going to be way cheaper um, to tag the interior defensive lineman compared to the edge. And it does sound like um, I really think there is something there about Draymond Jones not being floated at all. Bradley Chubb being floated, Reisner being floated, all these guys with one years left on their contract being talked about traded. Uh, former um, draft picks of John Elway being tr- traded or in the trade market. Draymond Jones hasn't been mentioned once, not once. And he's a good player. What does that mean to me? I think this team really likes Draymond Jones. They want to keep him. I think they'd like to have that option of the tag to use on Chubb to, or excuse me, to use on Draymond to extend the window of negotiation uh, into the off season. So I believe it's the average salary of the top five guys. Okay. Yes. So yep. TJ Watt, 28, Joey Bosa, 27, Miles Garrett, 25, Max Crosby, 23, Khalil Mack, 23 and a half. So you're talking a $25 million tag for Mm -hmm. an edge Um, for the defensive tackle. Or do you do it just defensive line? See, that's the thing. I think it's defensive tackle. I think they actually are very bucketed. Defensive line, you're talking uh, Aaron Donald, Miles Garrett, Max Crosby, DeForest Buckner, Leonard Williams, Chris Jones, and you're you're still above 20 million anyway. I think it's defensive tackle. Um. But I don't think it's gonna. I don't think it's gonna change that much. Uh, even if you go defensive tackle, if I flip it on spot rack to defensive tackle, uh, 17, 18, 20, 21, 31, and it's in an average. And Aaron Donald's making significantly more than everybody else, so it'll be it'll be pretty close, Nick. Um, but his number might go down next year too. I, I didn't check uh, next season. Darren Kendall coming in with some uh, with a big super on youtube appreciate you darren um sometimes those come in without comments and people comment later so you know say something um if you got a question for us please let us know and ryan coming in as well 
says, uh, good morning, fellas. If we get a first for Chubb, we need to make that deal. We need an O-line desperately. We have Browning, Gregory, and Benito. Um, you know, and then you you make a draft pick too. Jonathan Cooper is is healthy and isn't all bad either. So you are okay without Chubb. Um, and then at first round, you know, do you finally get a, an offensive tackle? You know, do you go after that guy if you are he's only go only a contender is going to trade for him for the most part. So consider this pick 15 or later. That's not a bad spot to get another offensive tackle, Nick. No, it's it's not a bad spot to get another offensive tackle. Honestly, with the Broncos having the lack of draft capital right now, if they get a first round pick, I'd maybe even like them to trade that pick back and then just throw resources at the uh, offensive and defensive lines. Uh, I know that you need an offensive tackle bad uh, badly, but offensive tackle in the second round, another guard into your offensive lineman in the second round, and a defensive tackle in, in the sec- third round or something, that might be more valuable than just the singular uh, offensive tackle there that you're picking in, in the 20s. But definitely something to think about. It does seem like the Broncos right now, you're married to Russell Wilson for the next three and a half years, I and mean, that's just the reality of it. So how is this team think what what do George Payton and this team think the best way to build an offense to maximize what Russell Wilson does. I'm um I'm of the opinion that some quarterbacks you don't have to invest as much in the offensive line if you can give them a dominant wide receiver because they can do the quick pass game. But I think Russell Wilson, given his struggles in the quick pass game, uh, how he's aging right now, I think he is married to the success of the run game in the offensive line, which right now the Broncos are bad and it sounds like they're gonna try to shift a lot uh, of that unit this offseason. Uh, RH comes in. He says, what's your guys gut feeling? Are we trading away or adding anyone? And James follows up with that same, basically a similar question. What should, who should we trade for? We keep talking about trading away. I get back to H and RH here. And I just, I think the Broncos are, are sellers right now, not buyers, but the price went up after the win in Jacksonville. Um, you know, if, uh, if, if you had lost that Jacksonville game, especially the way it was going, I, I looked at the clock said 8.30 left in the second quarter. Okay, let me check stats. It was 10-0 Jaguars. First downs was 12 to nothing. It, the Broncos didn't have a first down yet. The, the Jaguars had had 12. The way that game was trending, it was, it was going to be scorched earth, Nick, yeah. the way that game was trending. Um, but again, it's why they play four quarters and good on the Denver Broncos for fighting that, that big turning point in the play. And the thing is, that was right in front of us. We were, uh, Ethan and I were sitting like on the 10 yard line right there in front of us. And the play before it, where they had a penalty, Trevor Lawrence is rolling right. He could have walked into the damn end zone, just walked in. If he does that, it's a touchdown in that play, but they ended up getting a holding call, I think, automatic first down and tried to throw it in again. And Justin Simmons, you know, makes a Spider Man play. Uh, it was a great play. So, what I do think, Nick, is that you're still sellers. One, you don't have much to buy with. You don't have a yeah. lot of trade. Trade. Uh, you don't have a lot of capital to trade with. Uh, two, you're three and five, but the price went up for your players. Okay, we're still in this thing. Um, we're upward trending. If you want something from us, our price just went up. Yeah, I definitely think you're right. If the right deal is there. They'll make it happen. Uh, we saw last year, I like to use this example. Uh, last year, the Broncos won a game in week five, I think it was. And, uh, oh my gosh, maybe we shouldn't trade Von Miller. Uh, we have a game coming up on Thursday. We were right in this thing. George Payton trades Von Miller right before the Thursday night Cleveland Browns game. Or maybe he was held out of the Cleveland Browns game and they lost and they traded the next day. Timeline either way, kind of funky. But one game, one win, when you have the overall sample size to compare it against, right. shouldn't... Uh, sway you one way or the other if you can use it as a negotiation chip uh or tactic then that's fine but i definitely think it's something that you at least have the discussion about and i think it's because we've seen this offense or this team built the last how many years where the defense is top five and the offense is bottom five uh and you want to pay bradley chubb 20 million a year you're not going to get better by letting good players go but if you can get yourself some resources where you can even you know throw (laughs) a grenade effect or a I guess a grenade effect at the offensive side of the ball, give yourself resource, better resources to attack it. Maybe that's something that George Payton uh, will think about doing. You need to have the right deal though. You're not just looking to move Chubb for nothing. You probably need a first round pick plus. And if you can get that while also clearing the rest of his cap space this season, while also freeing up 20 million that you would have had to pay him this off season. Maybe that's better for the team. Maybe that's better for the team long-term, but it's always a risk moving on from good players. Yeah, get me two guards in a center 
really expensive ones for $20 million. <laughs> yeah. Maybe another good tight end. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, some of those less, I, I can get premium players at the less valued positions for $20 million. Um, let me see. But to, to answer James' uh, question, who should Denver trade for? We keep talking about trading away. Um, another interior lineman, you know, another guard is, is somebody that would be good. But the thing is, you're not going to get a starting OL. I mean, that doesn't happen. You can get excess skill players on the last year of their deal, but you don't get starting offensive linemen via trade in the middle of the season. It just, Nick, you, you've paid more attention to this, you know, the movement. It just doesn't seem to happen. The the trench guys, they're stuck in the trenches. Yeah. Those guys are so hard to find premium positions. So typically are just build up uh, developmental positions. So, doesn't typically happen out there. Also, a lot of times these guys are uh, expensive. I mean, I, hell, if a Tampa Bay is looking to trade Tristan Wirfs, <laughs> I'm probably at least calling uh, to see what's up there, to see if there's any interest. I know that uh, there's been some uh, media-driven chatter uh, in regards to that. But thinking about it, I mean, if you can get a young player that you can build on the offensive line with and maybe even trade a future first-round pick or something that I'm talking like elite Maybe you consider it then, but mostly who should the Broncos trade for? The Broncos probably should be trading for draft capital. Way to way to cheat and answer your question there, James, but that's probably the reality of it. <laughs> yeah, and there, again, who is there, – there aren't many who's. You'd like to get another cornerback in. What's that going to cost you? Um, you know, I, I scroll over, click on my, my tankathon here. So I think there's only 31 first-round draft picks next year because Miami lost theirs for their uh, shenanigans. Mm-hmm. So I think there's only there's only 31 next year, but click on Denver and they are picking 72, 79, 109, 150, 248. Yeah, that's you know what you're not you're not giving those up. You're not you're not giving those pick. You're you're trying to add to that for next season. You're not giving them up. Yeah. So uh you know, and James, you know, comes back and also says, OL in a running game would help Russ. Graham Glasgow helped Russ. You know, now let's put a little pressure on Dalton Reisner and and see see where we can go from there. Um, but again, I was I was kind of angry, honestly. <laughs> it's one of those I'm sitting there watching, and Glasgow comes in and starts doing a job, and you're like, what took so effing long? You know, and, and part of that's my frustration with what I did growing up in the internet age, scouting football players. I mean, what do you know? You're not a coach. I know coaches make mistakes. I'm not saying I know all the answers, but I'm not going to blindly expect that a coach is going to get every decision right. They don't. That's why they all get fired. All of them. They all get fired. Um, And for me, this one was just so obvious. It just, Nick, it was. And if it's because of Russell Wilson, well, it, this was a guy, Russell Wilson, sorry. Russell Wilson's not the head coach. I don't care. You know, Graham Glasgow comes in. First snap out of shotgun. Okay, watch this. You know, he's he's coming in the center. First snap out of shotgun. Perfect. Just fine. So, again, OL in a running game would help Russ. And I think you started in the right direction. You're better at center moving forward. Now stay healthy. Yeah, got to stay healthy. Um, also, we haven't talked about him much, but uh, given the issues in the offensive line and the how the contract's set up and whatnot, I kind of find it interesting that there has been recent, I guess, quietening, uh, quieting or like went from a boil to a simmer with Dalton Reisner. I guess how much could there even be a boil with the Dalton Reisner trade rumors? But like, who who, who wants Dalton Reisner? What again? What are you going to get for him? Probably a fifth. Which is okay, a fifth. You know, I mean, I'll take it. That's a, that's a draft shot. That's a pick that you can move around. That could be traded for a veteran uh, next off season that you're interested in. Those those picks a lot of times like the teams like the Baltimore Ravens are always trading for these veterans on the end of their contract, trading a fifth round comp pick for them. That matters when you have uh, a lot of capital where you can live in that world. Uh, so that's something that if I was the Broncos, I'd be interested in doing uh, getting a fifth round pick for Dalton Reisner and then uh, creating a roster spot for Luke Wattenberg probably need to evaluate him at guard or center at some point this season. If it keeps going off the rails, you have Natani Moody who you have two years of contract control left and you have Tom Compton who uh, came over from uh, the, the 49ers. Uh, he knows your offensive line coach. Um, Good run a, blocker. 
amazing run blocker. Mm -hmm. And there's also the conversation of potentially Billy Turner or Cam Fleming at guard as well. Once uh, Cam Fleming is healthy, probably that went out the window when uh, Garrett Bowles went down. But I I would be interested in uh, moving Reisner for whatever you could get, clearing that salary cap space and creating, I know it's creating a hole, but I also think it's creating an opportunity for somebody that you probably need to evaluate going forward because we're, we're kind of, we're still competing for a playoff spot, Mm -hmm. but we're also in the evaluation of who are we going to put on this lifeboat for the future. Reisner's not a part of that lifeboat because of the contract status. Moody, Compton, uh, Wattenberg, Wattenberg. these Mm -hmm. guys could be. So I'm, if you can get draft capital, create that spot at the same time, I think that's something you have to at least have to consider. Now, maybe the Cushenberry injury makes you a little bit more concerned about the depth and the quality of depth you have on the offensive line. So maybe you're not as interested in moving Reisner, but it's something I would be, I would be uh, certainly considering right now. Um, as Christian Cristiano comes in, if everybody is healthy this season, uh, the OL should be Fleming, Compton, Glasgow, Miners, and Turner. If everybody's healthy. It's bowls. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, but I know what you meant, Cristiano. Um, but yeah, it's again, it's, it's it was a, a force shakeup. I guess it was just a matter of time before someone else get hurt. Um, and there was a change, uh, again, Compton coming in, I think would be very good. Just talking, you know, Eli Wilkinson, former Bronco right tackle, you know, didn't Compton play some tackle? Hasn't he played a lot of tackle and Eli Wilkinson, former right tackle is having a really good season at left guard. All right. Well, how about a former right tackle playing guard? See what he can do. A run blocker. What, what does a run blocking tackle sound like to you, Nick? Guard. Yeah, or somebody who gets whipped in the pass protection. Um, but definitely something uh, to consider. I, I I don't know. I would be looking to move Reisner. If you can get a fifth-round pick for him, that'd be great. I'd even take you know a six this year and a six next year just to give yourself more darts because um, those guys are depth special teamers. Those guys can be hits, or that, that gives you the ability to move up and down the draft board. It's not just the, the pick you're getting back in that regard. It's the capital that gives you excess flexibility in – all aspects from roster building, from moving up and down the draft board, from going out there and acquiring uh, veterans, those picks and the accumulation of those picks add up because they give you uh, just more resources and capital uh, to be in those moves. Well, I'm the man comes in and says Fleming out, keep Reisner. Those don't seem the same to me. Um, you know, they, you can keep Reisner and you know, what, what are you going to do? Reisner is not going in for Fleming. So yeah. that just means then Kel- then Calvin Anderson in, you know, R- Fleming and Reisner really don't have anything to do with one another. Um, then you're in with Calvin Anderson. So I'm the man. You're going to have to work harder than that, my man. Um, so let me see here. Um, there was a question here that Dom, I wanted to say Dom come in and uh, on Facebook, he says, do you believe the Vikings will give us a first round pick for Chubb? Or do you believe the Jets will give us a first round pick for Chubb? Um, that's what it's going to take. I, I believe that it's going to take a, a first round pick and maybe, you know, throw in your, uh, your 2024 20, six and sevens. So it might take a first round and then some lower picks as well. Or, you know, you got a, a backup guard, you know, you can throw in that you, you like, cause your, your guard play and your center play has been less than backup level to this point. I, I, I believe that Nick. So again, how can you, you can improve, you can improve on, you can get backups from somebody else and improve your starters. You can. Yeah. First round pick. I would be interested. Uh, let's Scott, just kind of pivoting on this one. Let's say a first round pick doesn't materialize for this kind of deal. Uh, what is the capital you'd agree of? Let's say that doesn't center around a first round pick. What would it look like for you that you'd be like, okay, that's good enough for me. It'd be multiple picks. You know, like, who, who's out there? That, who's out there that has two seconds, you know, or, you know, you're going to send me a second, third and a fourth. You know, we're talking about, you know, George Payton said he may live to regret it because we keep repeating it. I guarantee you we'll have more picks next year. You know, so send me a bunch of picks. You know, who out there has got um, several picks? You know, like the Eagles are out there, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, don't they, haven't they gotten a bunch of picks with some guys they've unloaded? Um, and uh, was it was it the Eagles? You know, I'll have to, I'll have to go they through. They traded for Robert Quinn. Yeah, basically, I'm going to go and look through Tankathon and say, okay, who's got 10 picks this year? Wouldn't mind giving up three for him. Yeah, Seattle's got a bunch of picks. God, <laughs> Ouch. darn it. <laughs> Ow. I mean, oh, that would that actually hurt, make some sense. Yes, you are right. Seattle does have a bunch of picks. Ooh. That would be ah, funny. That, that one threw me off, man. That was a, that was a good shot. Yeah. But 
getting back to the point, finding finding someone probably not Seattle. I don't know that they're going to want to make that move. They um, might. They're right in the thick they of might. things. They might. Can yeah. we have some of our picks back, please? We're going to give you. We're going to give you Chubb back. We're going to give you Chubb just so we can have some of our picks back. Give us our um, pick back, please. Here's Chubb. By the way, you want a quarterback with a quarter billion dollar extension? Um, we'll throw him in too. Um, it would take multiple picks. You know, I come out of it a package deal with three or four picks in the middle rounds. I might be interested yeah. in that. I might be. Again, you can you can address some of the big problems on this team in the middle rounds. So all is not lost moving forward. I can get a guard. I can get a center. I can get a quality interior lineman um, in the in the middle rounds. So if I can add a bunch of those, I'd be interested. But it'd probably take three. Let's we add them up second, third, and fourth. That might do it. Yeah. I mean, I was thinking maybe two twos and a four or something like that. You get a two and a four this year and a two in 2024 uh, gives you a lot of flexibility going forward as well. So something to, something to think about. But I think the Broncos are interested in moving Chubb, but they're not looking to just give him away. So uh, we'll see. Aki Dragon coming in. Aki, I need you to be a little less curmudgeon on here. You're hurting my feelings. No, it's fair. Uh, you can be what you want as long as you keep it uh, civil. Saying how many pro bowlers do the Broncos have this season more or less than last year? I think Bradley Chubb is playing at a Pro Bowl level right now um, if he stays healthy. So there's one. I think Patrick Sertan is definitely at a Pro Bowl level. And I think even though he missed some time, I think Justin Simmons has the chance as well. So you got three there, all on the defensive side of the ball, which is not exactly uh, what you want, but uh, definitely a chance. So I think Sertan's got a chance to be an all-pro. The other two probably uh, Pro Bowls this season. I can guarantee you it will not be less. That is a promise. It will not be less than last year. Which was zero. Yeah. Zero. Yeah, Aki. It was he had no Pro Bowlers last year. Um, Bradley Chubb's playing at that level. Sertan has gotten their name recognition, is backing it up. I feel safe in saying that per, that that Pat Sertan is going to be a Pro Bowler uh yeah. this year. Um here we are. Jeremy coming in. I want to say good morning, fellas. Scott, I hope you had a good time in London. Always a good time in London, especially um had a good guide. Ethan, the DWI guys, was a good guide around town. And then um the weather was good, which was always uh, a bonus. I don't, I've been to Seattle and I've never gotten rained on. Um, been to London, I don't get rained on. Knock on wood. So it's been uh, you know very similar climates there, cold and wet, um, depending on where you are in the on the island. Good time though. So good morning, Jeremy. Glad you're here. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thanks for having. Thanks for coming in, Jeremy. Good to see Ethan in here. He stopped by yesterday. Interesting Pro Bowl conversation on this one. Uh, Kawan Williams, he's been great this season. Uh, nickel corner, he's kind of a niche player. A lot of times there isn't a pure nickel that gets in. They'll like slide over a big name cornerback for the Pro Bowl uh, listing. So probably not uh, given his limitations, lack of name recognition. But Kawan Williams has been probably, I haven't given him enough credit this season. He's probably been the most unheralded uh, contributor on this Broncos defense so far this season, playing at a very good level. So a uh, shout out to that. That's been a great signing um, so far this season for the Broncos. Yeah, it was. And, and the, the free agent signings for the most part, uh, at least on defense, now that I'm thinking about it. Um, but who, who are your free agents coming? DJ, DJ Jones, Jones has been amazing. Great. He's been a terrific signing. Alex Williams, another terrific free agent signing. Uh, you go over to the offensive tackle then, and I now I'm batting 500. And the um, tight ends, not very good. Also, I mean, Eric, you those, those were space fillers, though. I mean, I didn't expect anything from them. You were out there trying to get a starter at right tackle. You were yeah. trying to get a starter at nickel. You're getting a starter at uh, interior line. So I had expectations for right tackle, interior line, and corner. You're two out of three there, but you you know you you signed two guys to try and hopefully get one at right tackle at least, and that hasn't materialized. So, uh, but the 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 for me the defensive guys on the free agent who are, who are some other ones, but. Playing the comp game, Nick, that's also what scares me. You know, it's like, oh, we'll, we'll let him go. So I, I, I let Bradley Chubb go. I, I think we are to the point, if he continues on this trajectory, he is tag-worthy um, because you let him go for a third rounder in a comp, you're going to sign a guy. You, you'll sign somebody that will cancel out that comp anyway, and now you've let Chubb go for nothing. Yeah. Yep, it's uh, it's an interesting thing. We'll see what happens here uh, with the Broncos, no doubt. Scott, I want to get a little bit more back into this uh, Jags game. Anything else that stands out for you about how the Broncos offense started clicking here? We talked about the offensive line. I knew that we do that a lot, but how about the emergence of every single one of these uh, playmakers not named Sutton kind of had their own drive uh, in this game that was a touchdown drive, which is awesome to see. 
you had Jerry Judy run a beautiful uh, route and then get that uh, shovel pass for the touchdown. Great. Also, I know this is this is one of my <laughs> this is PG thirteen. I guess this is one of my kinks. Wide receivers blocking out there. Oh my god, I love it. KJ Hamler, your smallest wide receiver out there, blocking his damn heart out for the Jerry Judy touchdown. That's not a touchdown without KJ Hamler getting his helmet underneath the guy's chin and uh, blowing him off. Uh, same with uh, God, we're making it really dirty in here. Same with uh. Greg Dulcich just doing barely enough against Trevon Walker, which that is not a win matchup for Dulcich in a lot of situations. So shout out to them. KJ Hamler with the big plays out there. He probably could have had a couple more. Russell Wilson's missing him on throws. And uh, then also Greg Dulcich, another one. So seeing these playmakers uh, start to step up here was pretty darn impressive. Do you have any thoughts on how they stood out to you from your perspective in the game? One one thing, you know, and it's a little tougher. I'm down, you know, Lower level, lower level, anything beyond the 50 or watching the, the yeah. big board anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to see, okay, who's lined up where and everything. But with Dulcich, you and I had this discussion about what can you expect from him? I was like, well, if he's healthy, he can be a receiver. Can yeah. be, you know, that's, that's not hard. That's, this is your route tree. You know, the, but go be that guy. The one thing I will say, and I, I didn't see a replay, Nick, you might remember two guys are streaking up the left side. Dulcich is the first guy I see, and it looks like he's just wide open. And then just stopped. He's like, oh, the other receiver. And I'm not, I still don't know who the other receiver was. It was his Hamler or Judy coming up the seam, but he didn't have as good of an angle of the ball. And it's like, rookie, get it, own it. There was a play, and uh it, it was a would would have been a good play, but Dulcich is a good, good receiving tight end. Can he become a great tight end eventually? Yeah. Do we expect that? No. We, we've talked about that all year as he was getting ready. Can is he going to be a complete tight end? Um, you know, he's missed so much time. Is he going to be a complete tight end? You know, probably not. But can he help in the passing game right away? If he's healthy, yes, he can, because running routes and catching the ball is an easy part of the offense. In theory, you know what I mean by that. To learn, it's the easy part to learn. Not yeah. necessarily to do. If it was easy to do, they wouldn't pay guys $30 million to do it. Yeah, 100%. He's been really good. And uh, honestly, it's what a shock, uh, the fact that he's been this good this quickly, given uh, how long it typically takes for a tight end to come into their own in the league. I mean, we have plenty of examples of first-round tight ends drafted in the last five years where it takes, you know, three, four years for them to come into their own if they ever do. Um, and Dulcich to miss most of OTAs, to miss preseason, to not start playing until two weeks ago in the Chargers game, and then to already be getting this level of involvement in the offense. Now, it's obviously not a Travis Kelsey level, but put him in his own box. He's his own player right now uh, compared to other tight ends. Um, to be this used and effective and efficient in the pass game is shocking and also out there showing the the want to in the run blocking. Now he does need to continue to work and transform his body. Probably needs another 10 pounds of muscle on that frame. He's still pretty wiry for a tight end. Looks like a big slot out there sometimes. And mm-hmm. his blocking technique could still use some work, but that we knew that when you drafted him, the mm-hmm. fact that you're getting this in the past game, considering how much time he's missed the chemi- lack of chemistry, almost unlocking uh, the short pass game and the qu- uh, middle of the field pass game for a lot of these Broncos plays right now. Totally makes the offense uh, adds a completely different dimension. So uh, fantastic to see. I'm excited to see what he can do for the rest of the season and definitely a building block piece going forward. And I'll even eat a little bit. of I won't eat my hat, but I'll eat a little crow. I was shocked. I was kind of anti tight end early in the season uh, in the draft cycle because Russell Wilson hadn't used him in his career. I still think he's more wide receiver. But if you're having this type of Russell Wilson where he's more pocket based, you have to figure out how to unlock some of the quick pass game, mm-hmm. especially with how teams are playing defenses in today's NFL. I think Dulcich does that more for you than almost anybody else. Right. He's a big, you can, especially a big slot target. Yes. You know, it's it's basically rebounds in basketball. And K-Hop said it was, I, I thought it was Hamler. I was like, he moved like Hamler. I never saw a number and they don't show replays up there hardly ever. But it, it I felt like it was Hamler the way he moved. But I was watching Dulcich because like he's streaking wide open. That's a touchdown. And he stopped. So they both stopped out there. Um, And uh, my, my best friend has... Cortland Sutton in fantasy. So I get Cortland Sutton slander throughout. There's some, there's some talking, but I didn't hear about him. Jeremy says Sutton isn't watched. We definitely have something going on. His mind is elsewhere. Um, I don't know what he was like. The only guy to start, you know, is, is Russell going away from him? It's like, you got to get more people, get involved the overcorrection. I feel like Nick, I feel like that's been a theme of the first two months of the season. You know, we go, uh, 
give the ball to Javante Williams three times for 35 yards on the first drive, and he only finishes with six, six or seven carries. Um, the wide receivers don't have a target until the third quarter against Seattle. First 10 plays, all to the wide receivers. Cortland Sutton's the only guy you're going to. You miss a wide-open K.J. Hamler. All of a sudden, Cortland Sutton's not getting targeted. It feels like there's everything is being swung too far. You know, can can we can this offense come together and can we meet in the middle? You know, as we are getting more experience with this team, can we find that balance that the Broncos are looking for? Because right now, it went from just Sutton to no Sutton, and that's an overcorrection you don't want. I mean, they're trying to go to him. It just feels like he is not getting he's fade dropping routes. Yeah, oh, there was a slant. Let's throw the. I hate the fade. It's a good route for him sometimes, especially on the nine sometimes. routes. But, but the issue right now is that you're seeing so little single high safety coverages that every single down the sideline contested catch with Sutton with the safety shading over to his side uh, is not only contested, but it's two versus one on a lot of points. But Sutton also, you know, what is the saying? Uh, the good Lord helps those who help themselves. Wide mm-hmm. open slant route where if he catches that, he might still be running, uh, drops it for nothing. Uh blocking um out there as well you got screen passes you want to manufacture some quick game you know what that means it means your wide receivers have to get out there and get their helmet on a guy and sutton's just getting guys blown past him so i'm a big sutton fan but he's been playing poorly uh these last couple weeks and needs to play better and uh i'm very much of the opinion that that's on him and he'd probably be the first to tell you that that's on him as well so hopefully that'll improve i'm happy that we're seeing other guys step up that means there's a lot of meat on the bone left for Sutton when he, I think he inevitably does bounce back uh, given his career norms, but yeah, he's definitely not playing his best football right now. So it's a long season though. You know, we, we talked about this at the beginning of the year that the only fantasy guy other than Russell Wilson in theory uh, that you would want going into this season was probably Javante Williams because you're talking about spreading the ball around you know, and we were including Okawebenam at this point, but Hamler. You know, we were reeling off the names of guys you can get involved without a huge separation with all of these guys. You know, think going in. This is before. You know, even after Patrick gets hurt. You know, you're going Hamler, Judy, Dulcich, Okawebenam, Sutton. There's a Gordon, Javante. There's a lot of different mouths to feed. That you're going to go through stretches where it's going to be quiet. I expect a hundred yard game, a couple of them out of Sutton before it's all said and done, where the matchups will dictate that. And as guys like Dulcich emerge, as Hamler is proving himself healthier and healthier and a legit weapon on this team, you're going to have guys who have big games and then are quiet. Hopefully, Sutton comes out of that and he's, uh, it'll probably be right after my buddy Jason benches him and then he'll go for, you know, 180 and three touchdowns. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I need to get wrapping up here, Scott. I know we started a little bit late, uh, but I have a long day of travel ahead of me. So uh, flying back to Seattle where I will be back tomorrow. Long day of travel flying from Iowa to Seattle. Come on, man. I have to drive to Chicago first. No, I'm I'm kidding. (laughs) I went, uh, I went London to Boston, Boston to Atlanta. But the time I was, it was about, by the time I got up and got moving, it was about 18 hour day traveling. That's that's a lot. That's more than not too bad. I'll be flying with a cat. Had a good time. (laughs) Yeah, it sounded like you had a good time. I had a good time today. Uh, Good to hang out with you guys. I will not be live tonight. I think Scott is going to be there with Carl, so that'll be a lot of fun. That's news to me. I thought we talked about it last Tuesday. I thought I was doing it with. Okay, I just whatever. Okay, so I'll be here tonight and tomorrow night. We both had news. Uh, my news today was, uh, Nick, we're going live on the I hour. I told you that last week, too. See, we we, we got it. If you don't give us, if, if, if it's more than 24 hours, gone. Too much going on. Too much going on. Uh, well, a lot of fun uh, going on here. Um, we appreciate you guys so much. Uh, we got Dom coming in. Georgia versus Tennessee on Saturday. Um, I think Georgia will win, but I am pulling for the Vols. I, uh, I'll probably root for Georgia. I'm a Kirby Smart guy more than, mm-hmm. but, you know, these are two teams, you know, I never rooted for ever. Um, my depth of hatred for any team for a while it was probably the Georgia Bulldogs. If that had more to do with the people I knew at Georgia than, uh, than or at least one or two people I knew at Georgia than anything to do about them. Uh, I like this Tennessee Vols team, but I, I don't. I've never rooted for Tennessee Volunteers in my whole life, except that last game against uh, against Alabama was fun. That was I, I had a good yeah. feeling for them, but uh, I'm not really a fan of either teams. But I'm a big fan of Kirby Smart, so I'll probably root for Georgia. Vol Nation for me in this one. Sorry, Dom. I know you're a big fan of the uh, the dogs. I 
no skin in the game, really. Just hoping for a good football game. If we can get a repeat of the Alabama-Tennessee game, regardless of the result, sign me up. Um, and Ethan coming and closing us out here. It's a great good shout, Ethan. We forgot country. about that. Start Murray rest of the year. Latavius Murray. Big man, big back, falls forward for three yards. God, it's, it's really an un... It's a not an aesthetically pleasing running game because it looks like it's every single run with Latavius Murray as a rugby scrum, but it's... It's efficient. It's not explosive, but it's been efficient. So uh, definitely something to consider out there. Big thing with Murray is that he offers absolutely nothing in the pass game. So you're kind of tipping your hand there that he's not going to be an option in that. But definitely uh, he has a role in this offense. Yeah, I, I think we'll we'll see more of it again. The the, the speaking of reactions, and we'll let Nick get out of here. The the curmudgeoning over. Melvin Gordon's going to be the start. Man, who cares? Who cares yeah. who's out there for the first series? You know, as long as the the balance of the game goes the direction that you hope it does, that matters. And it feels like Latavius Murphy is getting plenty of uh, of action in this in this offense, and will probably end up being the guy with the most touches, um, moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. Well, guys, thank you, Cristiano. Appreciate yeah. you being here. He says, "Welcome back, Scott. Safe travels, Nick. Yes, sir. Lots lots of travel. And then I think we're home for a while here. Yes, I am. Uh, we'll be for." For foreseeable future. Um, but we appreciate you guys so much. Make sure you're following Scott and I on Twitter. Scott is at Scout Kennedy. I am at Nick Kendall MHH. Also follow us at BFB underscore pod and at Mile High Huddle. If you haven't done so yet, join our Facebook community at facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle and facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle pod. And as the ticker says underneath, subscribe, like, and share. Only one more show where things are a little bit uh, out of whack tonight, but then I think we should be hitting our groove. However, Luke's going to be out for a bit with uh, family obligations. So I guess not totally normal, but we got a lot of good hosts here, a lot of good shows. We appreciate you guys. Continue to choose uh, compassion and kindness. Broncos 3 and 5. Enjoy the bye week. Go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.